been because there are beliefs that we're holding on to that aren't in line with the word of God. Are you guys with me? So oftentimes we, we reason it out that, Lord, it's not working out. Like, what are you, are you trying to teach me something? Is this a test, Lord? You know, all those weird and wonky things that come out. And we find out that it's because in that area, we have not submitted ourselves to the word of God. Are you with me? We're holding on to a logic that's dictating how we operate. And that logic is creating corruption. Amen? So when we, when we come down to it, guys, it all has to do with us making the decision that the old man is dead. And everything that went with the old man must die as well. Are you with me? And now that we are alive in Christ, the reality of the new man needs to be everything in line with him. Amen? Man, that scripture Llewellyn shared this morning, that the father delights in giving you the kingdom. Man, you could meditate on that for weeks by itself. Because so much of what we've come to believe is to strive and to work to get things from God. To strive and to work to make things work. You know, make a plan, do this, all these things. But just to renew our mind to the simple fact that God delights in giving us his kingdom should just set our hearts alight, guys. We should have such an immediate joy because God's motive towards us is pure joy. Are you with me? The kingdom of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. God delights in giving it to you. So our, our next question is, okay, then what's the delay? Hello? Make it happen, Lord. Amen? That's how we think sometimes. It's like, okay, make it happen. Well, let's find out about that this morning. We're going to look at uh, Matthew 16. Is that thing back? Yes. Matthew 16. So we've been talking about uh, what is the level of your leaven, right? But we actually... I was actually going back and looking on the Sundays. We didn't actually talk about the living scripture. So I'm going to talk about that this morning, <laughs> considering that it's probably a good idea, right? Um, but we were touching, obviously, all the different angles of, of um, how this affects our life, right? So we're going to take a bit of a journey this morning. Um, and, but you guys got to be ready. Look at the person next to you. Are you say, look at them, deep in the eyes. Say, are you ready? Look at the person on the other side. They say, Khariyat. I need one more language. Any, any volunteers? Are you ready? I said Afrikaans, man. Yenna, Jared. All right. So, uh, Matthew 16, verse 5. All right, you can turn there in your Bibles. Please, please bring your Bibles to church, guys. I know we've got uh, phones and screens, but you know, sometimes you just want to read it in your own word, okay? Um, 16, verse 5. Now, a lot of the angles of what we touched over the last couple of weeks, you guys would realize that we have driven extensively on self versus spirit, flesh versus spirit, right? Now, that's ultimately the crux of dealing with the leaven in your heart, okay? And we're going to see now in this passage of scripture what happened here because I think, I think we discussed this on a Wednesday. It was about two weeks ago or something like that. We did discuss this. So uh, we're going to go through it again this morning. So this is Jesus and the disciples, okay? And it says here, when they went across the lake... The disciples forgot to take bread. Now, I want you to picture what's going on, okay? So, they were in the boat. They're across the lake now. They get off the boat. And the disciple, whoa, okay. And the disciples had forgotten to take bread. Now, now this is going to sound like a ridiculous overreaction from Jesus, okay? But Jesus, being the coolest dude that ever lived and is still alive, right? Um, his way of dealing with things, okay? He takes the opportunity when it's there. Now, check how he deals with this. So it says here, uh, now when his disciples had come to the other side, they had forgotten to take bread, okay? Then Jesus said to them, take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And they reasoned among themselves saying, it is because we have taken no bread. Okay. Now, that sounds crazy. Put yourself in the disciples' shoes for a minute. All you're thinking about is like, oh, we've got about lunch, guys. Then Jesus opens his mouth and he tunes this heavy statement, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Now, in their mind, they're like, what does this have to do with bread? You know, look there, it says there, and they reasoned among themselves saying, it is because we have taken no bread. 
Okay? So obviously, they're linking something. Verse 8, But Jesus, being aware of it, said to them, O you of little faith, why do you reason among yourselves because you have brought no bread? Right? Now remember, he's linking leaven to this thought that they were having. Right? Do you not yet understand or remember the five loaves of the 5,000 and how many baskets you took up? Next one. Nor the seven loaves of the 4,000 and how many large baskets you took up. How is it that you do not understand that I did not speak to you concerning bread, but to be aware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees? Then they understood that the screen moved. That's what we understood. Donkey del Ron. Then they understood that he did not tell them to beware of the leaven of bread, but of the doctrine of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Now, this all seems very confusing, okay? Because today we don't worry about yeast and leaven and stuff. We worry about gluten and wheat in bread, okay? <laughs> right? But um, verse 12, he says, Then they understood that he did not tell them to be aware, uh, to be aware of the leaven of the bread, but the doctrine of the Pharisees. Now, you guys understand, Tasso did explain last time, that yeast's function was to build up, Right? to expand, okay? That's its function. Those of you who are bakers, you can confirm that, right? right? Any bakers in the house? Sort of. Karin's a baker, you confirm that? Okay, shop. Karin confirmed, all right? Now, the thing is this. A simple thing, guys. Simple thing. We forgot to bring bread. We're going to be hungry. Let's make a plan to get bread. We do that every day, right? Every mom in the house will agree that the worst question that they have to ask every single day is, what am I going to cook? Okay? They just ask a simple question. Now, it seems like Jesus is having an overreaction. You guys agree? It's like, Jesus, Jesus, you're making a big deal about bread. I mean, really. Let's just go get some. But look at this. He goes on and he explains. He asks them, he says, did you not see when I fed you, do you not remember when I fed the 5,000? What did he feed them? It was bread, right? And the fish, obviously, was there. Another account, he says, did you not, do you not remember when I fed the 4,000? Right? So what is the point Jesus is trying to make? He's saying, listen, guys, you've missed out on something here because how did you see me? Uh, the Bible records on the 5,000 uh, miracle, right? The 5,000 men, there were 12 baskets full afterwards, right? After feeding the men, the women, and the children, there were 12 baskets full. Jesus is pointing out to them to say, gentlemen, how is it that you just watch me provide all this bread from nothing for this multitude of people, yet now in your heart, when a need comes up, you do not come to me for bread. You reason how to get it. That's a good place to clap your hands, right? Now look, very, very trivial, irrelevant example. But Jesus taking the opportunity to use something so simple to explain a very, very important principle. Are you guys with me? Because a lot of times people read this and it's like, what is going on here? What is the doctrine of the Pharisees? The doctrine of the Pharisees is that whatever God demands, we can do. Jesus himself said, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, who make the law of God keepable. Because you see, the law of God was never meant to be keepable. The law of God was given to us or to them. It's not given to them. Right? The law is given to the Jews. Okay, The law of God was given to them as the markers to show them when they were not relying on God as the source. Because you see, whenever the ten was broken, it was proof that you were serving yourself and you were not loving someone else. Listen carefully. Now, people look at the Ten, uh, they call it the Ten Commandments. It's not. It's prescriptions, okay? Even in the Hebrew, it doesn't even translate to commandments, okay? But when God gave it to Israel, you must remember, Israel was in slavery there for, what was it, 400 years or something? 
No, there were a total of 400 years in Egypt and then, yeah, whatever. But they grew up as Egyptians. They were two or three generations in as Egyptians, okay? So when God took them out of Egypt, when he said, listen, I'm going to make you a holy nation set apart, right? My intention for you is that I'm going to bless you so much, you're going to become so prosperous that everyone else is going to get jealous and they're also going to want me. Right? Because they're going to see my goodness in you. Go read it. It's in Deuteronomy. God said it. Okay? Now, what he had to do was, he had to change the way Israel did things. Because coming out of Egypt, you guys go and you know, like Egypt, technologically and uh, religiously, spiritually, whatever else, there were some wonky things in Egypt. Okay, you go back in history. If you ever watch those History Channel things and they tell you how they, they handled mummification and how they built things and the gods they worshipped and how they sacrificed babies and themselves, it, it's crazy, right? It's hectic stuff. Now, the Israelites grew up in that. There were generations that were programmed in that. Now, God could not make them holy if they did not reflect God's nature. You see, because God's nature is the only nature that's holy. So it doesn't make sense that the Israelites would have gone around carrying on like Egyptians, but yet saying, we are of Jehovah in heaven. Are you guys with me? So when God gave them the prescriptions, right, to set them apart from other nations, it wasn't given as compliance. It was given as indicators to show them when they were serving themselves over each other. For example, when it says, do not kill, thou shalt not murder, right? Whatever the motive is, is that your motive has now become more important than the next person's life. And that is not the nature of the love of God. Are you with me? Right? So every prescription that was given there was to bring peace and harmony, was to show people that we need to serve each other and not our own selfish motives. Are you with me? So when Jesus is talking in this passage of scripture, he's explaining to them that why do you see yourself as the source? When you just saw me produce bread for thousands and thousands of people with multitudes left over, after seeing that, after being part of it, because they were handing out the food and collecting the extras and everything, they even came to Jesus and said, Lord, how are we going to feed these people? Five loaves, two fish. What do you want us to do? And Jesus is like, you feed them. They're like, eh? It's not in my job description. Sorry. I don't get paid enough for that. Right? They were part of that entire process. They watched it happen. And he says, even after you saw that, you still refused to make me the source. This is the leaven that Jesus is warning us about. Because you see, what happens the minute we make ourselves a source. We lose all value. Hello? We lose all value. First for ourselves. First for the people in our lives. For the word of God. We lose all of that. We, we even lose value for God himself. The minute we run around to try and be a source unto ourselves, God gets left on the side. Bash, what are you talking about? That's a good question, guys. So let's use the bread example, right? What was the, the, what was the answer that Jesus would have been happy with from them? What do you guys think? What do you think they should have asked if he had that reaction to them saying, we need to make a plan for bread? Ash. There we go. They should have turned to him and said, okay, Lord, we need bread. How should we get it? Because you see, like Jesus did before, right? They came to him. You guys, you can read it. It's in the Gospels where they said to him, uh, Lord, we need the temple tax. And sometimes he would say, just take it out of us, Judas. Judas will give you whatever. Then there's another time when he says, listen, go down to the, 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 the lake, right? Start fishing. You're going to catch a fish. When you open that fish's mouth, there the temple tax will be in there. All right now to the carnal mind that seems like God is being a bit tedious it's like why must I go and fetch a fish Mara, there's money here Lord can I just why, why must I go fetch the fish in the same way 
Jesus, was it really such a big deal? It's just bread. It's just bread. But he's pointing out that there's a belief in their heart that is producing an action that causes them not to rely on God. Listen carefully to what I'm saying, guys. There's a belief in their heart that produces an action that causes them not to rely on God. Now, let me ask you a question, okay? If you knew someone in your life that has access to maybe a commodity or a service or does something, you know, um, you ask anyone, like, like if you speak to, to certain of the, of, the, of the older generation, you know, like how they always know someone. You know, you need anything in life. Like, like if, I, if I speak to my dad, I'm like, dad, I need this. He's like, no, I know this guy, I know this guy, I know this. You, you just go there, right? You people who know him, you know. He's got a contact, you know. Same with Uncle Garth, always. No, man, I know this cat on that side. He'll sort you out. Don't worry. <laughs> now, here's the thing. Whenever you need anything like that in life, and you know a very close person who has it, right? What do you do? You ask them first, right? You're like, hey, listen, yeah, no, uh, Jared, battery center. If I, if I need a car battery, I'm never going anywhere. I'm like, Jay, yo, what's up? Yeah. Twin cam battery, what, what? Oh, he's like, yeah, okay, it's this. Come by, we'll sort it out. Okay? I'm going to the one who has a source for it. Are you with me? Now, in this scenario, the source that they were carrying in their heart for the bread was obviously the market. Okay, we just landed. We're going to go find, you know, all this whatever. Okay? But Jesus is saying, we must go to that level where even when we need direction about where to go, he must be step one. Are you with me? Hello? Are you with me? Now listen, this is, trust me, this is not tedious. This is not heavy. It's not impractical. It's none of those things, all right? It is the basic principle of Matthew 6, Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Are you guys with me? You see, because if we're saying we're in a relationship with God and we're one spirit with him, okay, it's not like how we have relationships with each other. You see, we can't take how we have relationships with people and then put that on God and have a relationship with God like that. Because the correct way is we must have that relationship with God in its perfect sense and then take it to people so that we can improve that. Are you with me? So where we can experience what relationships should be. Amen? So in the same way now, God is saying to us, listen, every, I, Jesus said in Matthew 6, your heavenly father knows you need all these things. He knows. But he's saying, listen, make sure that he's step one. Make sure that whatever you need, that he is the source that you start with. Because sometimes he'll tell you, wait. And then he's going to lead someone else to do something for you. Sometimes he's going to tell you, go. And in that place where you go to do what you need to do, you're going to be able to serve someone else. You see, we have a very linear thinking about how God does things. It's like God can only do one thing at a time just like us. Okay. Listen, God can do an infinite number of things all at once because he is the all-knowing God. Are you with me? So he can tell you to go do one thing, but it could lead to you affecting many people. Are you guys with me? So let's talk about why Jesus emphasized this. Because a simple thing like bread, right? Simple thing like bread. The guys know, I'm going to get it from the market. It's fine. Car batteries, before, before I knew Jared worked there, you get it at your normal super quick. You get it at your whatever. But Jared shows up. He's like, no, I'll make a deal for you. I know him. I want to support him. Say, okay, cool. Jared, I'll come to you. The source changes. Are you with me? Now let's talk about where we make decisions with more significant things in life. Right? You know, I remember thinking back when I was still in school. You know, they all call you in at the end of grade nine or whatever, right? And they say, right, you guys sit down here and you're like 15, 14, 15, whatever. And you're like, okay, cool. All you're thinking about is you're going to go play sport afterwards. You're going to go home and play games. You're waiting for chow, you know, whatever. They sit you in there. It's like, right, this is the most important moment of your life. You're like, yeah? Bro, I'm just waiting for hockey practice. What are you talking about? Like, right, the subjects you need to choose right now. This is going to set up your university and your career and all that stuff. 
Bruh, I'm 14 years old. What are you talking about? Excuse me? Then they start saying to you, yeah, some of you will be doctors. Some of you will be engineers. Did they say accountants? I don't remember. Anyway, I ended up as one. But, um, you know, they, they give you all these speeches. Now, at that age, man, you're still deciding about whether what hairstyle you want to do. You're like, yo, mom, I saw these new, these new techies. Like, yeah, I got to get these. Career, what are you talking about career and the rest of your life? That doesn't make sense, right? Now, a child in that position, everyone's nodding their heads like, yeah, jeez, flip, that was hectic, you know? And how many of you in hindsight, after being in whatever field that you are, would have chose differently? I'll put my hand up. It's fine. I'll put my hand up. The Indian who went for finance. Wow. Anyway. <laughs> but how different would it, and then when you go speak to your parents in that scenario, all they know is you have to choose a career for money. End of story. You're going to be a doctor. You're going to be a this. I mean, it's like, uh, no, um, I think I want to be an artist. Yeah? Artist. What, what is that? Like, No. No, I want to be a surfer. Surf? No, 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 no. No, no, we use surf for clothes. You don't surf, you know? <laughs> you guys are laughing because you know these conversations. And, and the insurmountable pressure put on youngsters to conform to the system to be able to what? Just to provide for themselves one day. Now, parents aren't in the wrong. Well, I mean, the parents did the best that they knew. They knew uh, only the way they knew. Are you guys with me? But the thing is this is now, if the parents were in a position where step one was Jesus, the first thing they would have done long before the child even reached that stage of having to choose, they would have said, Lord, which is the way that my child needs to go? Amen? Which is the way my child needs to go? And when that question comes up, the parents are going to say, all right. My beloved child. No, parents don't talk like that. But anyway, um, they would have said, listen, you know what? God's showing me that you're actually gifted in this. And I feel like we should focus on that discipline. You know? Where's, where's Jaden? Oh, yeah. Oh, he's sitting close there. Eh? You had that experience, what, two years ago, was it? Two or three years ago? Where Jaden left school. And now... Didi, and, and Didi has shared this here where he's like, no, Jaden's got to be a doctor or Jaden's got to be a, you know, something prestigious, you know? Yes, choose a path that brings honor to the family name, you know? And they were having discussions, they were having discussions and she's like, no, but I want to do hair, you know? And Didi was like, no ways, what are you talking about? How are you going to make a living? And, and the Holy Spirit stopped him and said, hey, are you deciding how she's going to make a living or are you following me for her life? Right? Now, the thing is this. He, he explains it quite nicely. He humbled himself. He said, Lord, I'm so sorry. <laughs> and he started listening to the Holy Spirit for her. And I, what, how long has it been now that you, uh, since you left? Three years, maybe? Two years? That's a bit longer. Yeah, it's about five years now. And Jaden is a small business owner by herself. At 22, three. At 22 years old, she owns her own business. Yeah, yeah. Can you see how important it is that we make God the source? Not that we just live to go and try and keep ourselves safe. We mustn't just make a decision and be like, this is how I'm going to get bread. You still have to go out there and get the bread, ladies and gentlemen. You have to. There's not going to be a bird that brings gluten-free whole wheat bread for you or whatever, right? It's not going to happen. We live in a practical world. We've explained this extensively. You still need to go and do. But the, the thing that Jesus is emphasizing is that what it is that you need to do, get it from him. Don't get it from the system. Because the system does not care for you. The system wants to kill you. Are you guys with me? Now that was a trivial example about school, right? And career and everything. But what impact has it had on people? You know, you look at a person who is, who is stuck in a career that is so uh, uh, um, mismatched to who they are as a person, to their natural gifts, their talents, you know, all that sort of stuff. Have you ever seen a person like that? Man, I've dealt with so many of them. They are so miserable. And by the time they reach 40, 50, 60, they're so done with life. 
And we flip it all around and we say, yeah, you know, it's corporate hectic and, you know, and we're not denying any of that. But the problem was that the first step was I decided how I'm going to get this. I decided how I'm going to do this. Are you guys with me? I've been on the same track. I decided at 10 years old, I even remember the moment, one of our family members, he rocks up there with the M3. Okay, an Indian that likes the M3, okay, I get it, finance, you know, all that stuff. It's fine, bear with me. He rocks up there, and I saw this car, and I'm like, yeah, me, I want to drive this thing one day, right? Then I found out that he was in finance, and you know, all this stuff, and I'm like, that's it. I'm just going to do it, right? And obviously, to my family, is like, yes, ooh, yeah, this is a kid that's got vision now. You know, we got to let them go, you know? Even when the kid decides... The parents have to know in their heart, okay, you know what? God's actually not saying that. Are you guys with me, right? How much more then for the weightier things in life? Friends, business relationships, dating, marriage, right? All these things, the weightiest parts of life. How much more then should Jesus be our step one? Are you with me? You know, you know, in the Indian community, we got this. <laughs> hey, I'm exposing the Indians today. Hallelujah. Praise God. <laughs> Are you guys okay? Are you guys still awake? Yes. Yeah. Okay, good. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you want the sauce, eh? Yeah. You want the sauce. Okay. I'll tell you. So there's this thing in the Indian community, especially with the boys, right? And you know, this girl that they bring home, right? And uh, if you, those of you who are close to Indians, maybe more the Durban Indians, maybe. Yeah. Over here, I think we've relaxed a bit, but maybe more the Durban ones, you know? There's always this thing that uh, when, when the girl's brought home and she meets the mom or whatever, you know, she's sized up, you know? She's sized up, you know? Same thing with the boy. When he goes home to her house, then she's sized up. And for some reason, it's always the moms. The dads are chill. They're like, are you happy? Okay, yeah, shop. Okay, fine. Mother's like, no. You saw how she was dressed. Then you saw how she was washing the dishes. Oh, man. Then she said, there wasn't enough salt in my food. And I'm like, okay, you know, that's fine. But not once, not once, and I've seen, guys, I've seen this countless times, right? Not once, anywhere in that decision-making process, did any one of those people seek God about that person. I'm telling you, all they're holding on to is their standards, their culture, their tradition, everything. Never sought God once. They just said, this person doesn't fit with how I know it must go. Sorry. Okay, but maybe it's possible that your way of doing things could change. I'm just saying. In my mind, like, we're not perfect, so therefore our ways need to change, right? I don't know. Is that logical? Does that make sense? Okay. Can we humble ourselves just a little bit? <laughs> okay. And I promise you, I've seen drama after drama after drama where families get destroyed and all this stuff because people want to hold on to flesh mindsets and they destroy relationships. You know, I had a, I had a scenario in my life, right? It was, it was, where's Candy? Hello, Candy. So, so there was like some friction developing between me and Candy, right? Because of relationship, whatever. Okay, we won't get into details. But point is this, this, this friction was going because I decided, I'm like, you know what? There's no space for this fella here, okay? Right. And I promise you, our, our, family, uh, our family relationships were taking strain, eh? I'm telling you. And it's because we were in the flesh. We were only making judgments and we were making reasonings based on all this stuff. We were not seeking the Holy Spirit on how to deal with this. Now, those of you who know my mother, she's, she's a sweet lady. Like, she's, you know, she has my heart. I love you lots, mom. Aww. Anyway, right? She has this tendency, though. Like, I don't know, it's some, like, divine, it's not a gift, I won't call it a gift. It's a gift to her. It's a curse to the rest of us, okay? And it is this, it is this dragon mode, okay? Oh, oh, every mom's like, yeah, we all have that. We're like, okay, sorry. Anyway, so she calls us all together, me, my brother, and my father. Kenny wasn't there. We're sitting down. She's standing there. Finger comes out. She says, I want you all to listen very carefully. Yo, now we're like, what the hell? What kind of family meeting is this? Cyril's family meetings are easier than that one, let me tell you, okay? And this is what she says. She says, I don't care what your issues are. I don't care what your issues are. But I will not sacrifice my family 
for whatever issues you have. So you get over what you need to get over and you get back to loving each other. Right? Now that is a direction that's in the spirit. Are you with me? Because it wasn't about protecting my perspective, my tradition, my judgments and all these things. It was bringing us back to the point that if we truly love each other, we need to seek the Lord for each other. Are you with me? Amen? How much more when you want to start a business? They come to you, listen, I've got this new venture. We're going into cryptos. Okay, cool. Yeah, give me 100,000 rand. I'll give you back 20,000 rand a month. Excuse me? For how long? No, for two years. That's how the crypto grows. And you're like, man, this is crazy. I'm going to do this. And you get in and three months in, they keep paying you 20, 20, 20. Then they say, oh, sorry, everything's crashed. We're leaving. Basically what happened is they took 40 from you, right? But what, what, what did we see? In our hearts, we saw money. We saw provision. We saw opportunity, which is fine. You can see that. But we skip step one. And step one is, Lord, what is the way to go here? Are you with me? And for all this chaos that we create in serving self, we've developed every single reason to protect our ego. It's the devil. Oh, shut it. It's not the devil. God's testing me. You failed. <laughs> Sorry, Jared. Were you looking for a report card? <laughs> you failed. Because the fact that Jesus came means you failed. So why do you want to go in the test again? You're still in the failed state until you come to Christ. He's the righteous state. Are you with me? God does not need to test what he freely gives. He doesn't need you to be qualified for what he freely gives. Are you with me? Oh no, it's just, it's a battle. No, it's not a battle. The battle is the difficulty you're feeling in your soul. That's why you're reasoning out it's a battle. Because I'd rather be tough through this than saying, Lord, I'm weak, but your grace is sufficient. I'm listening to you. Where should, you, where should I go? Are you guys with me? Can you see the depth that this goes to, guys? You know when you get home on that Monday after a long day and you, you walk in your house and then the dog's all over you and she's like, I need a moment, please. And you kick the dog. Please don't kick your dogs, okay, or your cats. I'm just giving an example. And then what happens afterwards and you're like, oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, no, you know, I was like this. I was like, you know, all that stuff. But if we walked with the diligence where before we acted, we tested whether we're serving self or loving others, we would never have the corruption that the Bible speaks about. You want to walk in everlasting life? Before you act, test your motive. Am I doing this for me or am I doing this for the benefit of someone else? Amen? Amen? Are you guys getting something this morning? Can you see how this leaven is so important, guys? Because I tell you one thing, Jesus had to use it for this very trivial example because in Romans, Paul explains that the tiniest little leaven leavens the entire lump because you see that one tiny area that you're doing it it's going to work for a while and what you're going to do you're going to build confidence to do it in another area and then it's going to work for a while and then you're going to have confidence to do it in another area and another area and eventually your entire life from the most trivial decision to the most important one is run completely by you and when you get into the chaos you'll be like god where are you i feel like job because I don't have a job. That was lame, but you guys looked a bit serious, so I had to break that, okay? But ladies and gentlemen, as a Christian, this is what God is asking us to do. Are you with me? People think, oh, I get saved. Now I've got to go, you know, fill stadiums, and I've got to start praying for all these, you know, and, and, and start preaching the gospel. There's a calling on my life, my purpose, all these things. None of that is important unless you've got this down. Because you know what you're going to be doing? You're going to be teaching those people to live like you do. So you're not actually leading them to Christ. You're leading them to themselves. As sons and daughters of God, our purpose, right? What does Ephesians 4 say? Is to reach unity in the faith 
of who Jesus Christ is. Unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. That is our purpose. At that point, then, whatever we need to do to serve people becomes a natural process. It becomes fruit in our lives. Because wherever we go, we're not conscious of us. We are conscious of people. Are you guys with me? I thought this was going to be much shorter. But praise the Lord. It's good. Are you guys still okay? Can we close up? Or do you want more? <laughs> more. Hungry. It, with your stomach or your spirit? Both. Okay, good. Good. I can help you on the spirit side. Mom will help you outside. <laughs> All right. Still. Now still in Matthew chapter 16, okay? Still in Matthew chapter 16. So like I was explaining, okay? Jesus emphasized that point because he wanted to show them, right? There was nothing wrong that they needed bread. What was wrong is that Jesus was left out of the process, especially after they saw what he had just done, okay? Now, it would have been, it would have been a different story if this was like five years down the line and, and Jesus says, did you not remember? And they were like, yo, but it was five years, Jesus. You've done like 50,000 miracles since then. Like, how are we supposed to remember? But this was literally like the day before. They crossed the lake, right? So still in Matthew 16. Now, this one's a tricky one, okay? Because this has been distorted like you can't believe, okay? But verse 21. Hold on. See, if Didi Otasa were here right now, they'd be filling up this awkward silence, so. Does anyone want to sing a song? And it's like everyone's looking at me drinking water. It's weird. Okay. Are we there? Delron? All right. <clears throat> All right. So from that time, now, now this, is, this is an important scripture here, guys. Okay? This, one, this one's been used hectically. And I've heard, I've heard like some Calvinists and, uh, you know, those like heavy, heavy doom, gloom guys, you know? Uh, they, they've used this one in like some hectic things. But again, they missed the point in what Jesus is saying. So from that time, Jesus began to show to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem, okay? And suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed. Okay, just put yourself in, in the picture of what's going on right now. He started explaining these things to them, right? And be raised uh, on the third day. Next one. Then Peter took him aside, which, you know, I can respect the dude. He's like, okay, there's a way to do these things. Let me pull him aside. And let's see how it goes. Began to rebuke him. It was going well until then, okay? Because <laughs> I don't know any person who thinks in their mind <laughs> they get, there's grounds to rebuke Jesus. Anyway, saying, far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. Okay, now this is the same Peter who just agrees that he's the son of God. He's the Messiah. But now he's dictating to Jesus how it needs to happen. Again, what is the principle? Peter heard something that did not suit the way he wanted. And you see, when we get into that space, even God becomes the wrong one. Ugh. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> to everyone. Even God becomes the one who's in the wrong. You know, there was a, a preacher in Africa, and he made these prophecies, you know, all this stuff. National TV, he did it. He put it out there. Everything happened completely different. So they came back to him and said, hey, why not? Remember what you said. So you know what this brother says? He says, no, the Holy Spirit deceived me. I'm like, but the Holy Spirit deceived you. The Spirit of truth deceived you. Now, do you think he was acting to protect himself or to protect the truth? And in trying to protect himself, he called God, he called God a liar. What? Where scripture clearly says, is God a man that he should lie? No. Right? Far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. Now, let's look at Jesus' response. Okay? Rightly so. But he turned and said to Peter... Get behind me, Satan. Now listen. 
Okay. Like there's certain things you can take, you know? But when you're talking to Jesus and he looks at you and says, get behind me, Satan. I don't know how I'd feel after that. <laughs> like in my mind, I might have maybe thought like, I think I said something wrong, you know? <laughs> now listen to this. You are an offense to me. <gasps> For you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Okay, everyone take a breath. Just take a deep breath, calm down. Okay, we're going to get through this, all right? But the things of men, carry on. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. All right? But now, he made that statement after he said what? Go back to the previous one. For you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Now, Peter came to Jesus demanding something from him. No, Lord, this will not happen to you. What are, you are you mental? That's not going to happen to you. Other, the other gospel, I think, says that I won't let it happen to you. Right? Jesus says, but I get what you're saying. But you're not interested in what God wants. You're interested in what you want. You can't come to me with your agenda. Because Tasso uses that great example where he's like, whatever we want to do, we just go ahead and we confess it and we pray for it and we just say in Jesus' name and we think it's okay. Now it's in God's will because we say it in Jesus' name. Right? It's the same thing here. Are you with me? So why does he say, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Now they'll preach it. They'll say, you must suffer for Jesus if you want to follow him. No. That's not what he's saying. Jesus suffered to make you whole. Right? What he's saying here is, the illustration of the cross was God's, uh, was Jesus being mindful of God's way, not his own. Even when Jesus was in the garden, what did he say? He said, Lord, if this can go past me, Please, let it go. But I'm not interested in my way. I'm interested in yours. Guys, that garden moment, you need to go back and read it. Because right there in that moment, Jesus had the freedom to choose flesh over spirit. He had the freedom to protect himself instead of serving others. Because he had just seen in that garden everything that was about to unfold. He had ex already experienced in his heart the arrest, the beating, the humiliation, the pulling out of his beard, the spitting in his face, the crown of thorns on his head, the whoopings, the beatings, the carrying the cross through the city. He had already experienced it in his heart. And in that moment, he said, Father, listen, you know, like, like I'm with you, but is there any other way? But he didn't stop there. He said, but not my will, your will be done. Now you see, just as Jesus did it in the garden, that should be you and me every day by the grace of God. Because just as he did it in the garden, his consciousness was of God and not what he believed he would forfeit. Because you see, at that moment, Jesus would have believed that he was about to forfeit his life. But he knew what he was going to gain through, redemp through redemption. Are you guys with me? So when we're talking about this principle of leaven, ladies and gentlemen, you need to bring it down to one of two things before you make any decision in life, before you speak, before you change the way you think about yourself, before you treat others, before you make judgments about what you need to do in life, before you make judgments about people, you need to ask yourself, now that I am in Christ, right? Am I with Christ to serve myself and get all of his things? Or am I with Christ to lose my life? Because, a little way further, what does he say? For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. 
Amen? Yeah, that's a good place to clap. So ladies and gents, make sure. Make sure. If you get into a situation and your emotions are heightened and everything, understand that God has given you a sound mind through Jesus. You are more than your emotions. You're more than your thoughts. You are a child of God, one spirit with God. So when you're ridiculously emotionally charged and you want to start going after things, stop and understand that it needs to be Jesus first. Amen? It needs to be Jesus first because he delights in giving you the kingdom. What does that mean? It means whatever I want will be fulfilled. But I don't get to choose the way. Because what am I going to do in my heart? I am going to sacrifice people along. Oh, sacrifice people sounds wrong. No. <laughs> I'm going to hurt people along the way in getting what I want. Where God can get you there while still protecting everyone on your way. Amen? God can get you there while still protecting your health. God can get you there while still pr pr uh, protecting your mental and emotional well-being. God can get you there while still protecting your family. Are you guys with me? Right? So when he says, beware the leaven of the Pharisees, beware the doctrine of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, because their doctrine says that if I know the things of God, I can do it the way God does it. No. Only when we submit to God, then we can do it the way he wants us to do it. Are you with me? Did you get something this morning? Give God a praise. Come on. So test yourself this week, ladies and gents. Test yourself every day. Be diligent in making Jesus your step one. And you know what? If you're in a position in your life where you realize there's a lot of chaos here, there's a lot of stuff going on or, you know, whatever it may be, that's fine. You don't even need to fear that. Because even in that circumstance... When you make God step one, he's going to lead you to life. Amen? But you need to be patient and you need to keep your heart open. You need to be honest about your motive. Are you with me? If we forfeit the motive of serving ourselves and we choose, Lord, I am not going to fight for my life. I'm not going to fight for what I want here. Because there is a, that is a fight you've given me victory over already. Because in you, I lack nothing. There's nothing missing. There's nothing broken. And right then in that moment, if you surrender your heart to God and you be patient, you're going to see that he's going to do miraculous things in your life. He's going to lead you in a way that you never thought possible. You're going to come out of whatever that situation is or whatever you're thinking about or even you're going to go into whatever you're thinking about in a way that you didn't think possible simply because you're walking by the Spirit. Amen? Every head bowed, every eye closed. So you've heard about this principle this morning about where we're left with a choice every day, every moment where we're going to either serve ourselves or we're going to lose our life. And even in losing your life, we don't get to define what that looks like. Jesus has already defined what that looks like. Easy peasy. For you died and now your life is now hidden in Christ. Every single principle that the Bible talks about, we don't get to decide how to interpret or how to apply that. If Christ is our Lord, we have to take what he says about it. And at the core of it, if our motives are crossed, we're never going to do it in His righteousness. We're always going to be limited by our fallen, broken understanding of it. So if you're sitting here this morning, Jared's going to keep playing for a couple of minutes. Just refine your heart a bit. Take the decision now in this moment. Say, Lord, you know what? There's a few areas. There's a few. But take the decision right now to say, Lord, I, I don't want to do it that way. 
I want to do it your way. Because when you take the decision, when the opportunity presents itself, you will choose correctly. You will choose correctly. So just take these few minutes now. Jerry's going to keep playing. And be honest with yourself. Be honest with what's in your heart. And allow the Word of God to wash you right now. Allow the Word of God to purify those things in your heart. God wants you to have peace. He doesn't want you weighed down and stressed out and confused and burnt out. He wants you to have peace. And the only way you get peace is when He is step one. Thank you, Jesus. this amazing time that we could have had this morning in your word Lord thank you so much for your love thank you so much for your grace thank you Jesus that you paid the price to make a way thank you Lord that all that you need from us is to make you step one Lord your heart for us is to walk hand in hand with us Lord lead us into abundant life in every single area of our lives, Lord. To taste and see your goodness, Lord. Firstly, in our own hearts, in our relationships, in our work, in our ministry, Lord. We desire to see the fullness of your goodness in every area. And this morning we take the decision to make you step one, Lord. To make you the source, to make you the start of all things, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, give God a round of applause. Thank you, Jesus. God is good, amen? And all the time, God is good.